John chapter number 3. We are in a series that we've titled Confidence Under Construction. And if you are interested in them, there are a few copies of the notes up here. They're number 9, and I believe there's a few left in number 8. So you are certainly welcome to those as well. First John chapter number 3. And if you find your place, let's stand together. Page 1323, if you've not found it by now. Amen. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. It does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. Lord, again, we pray you'll bless the reading of your word in Jesus' name. Amen. You be seated. The Roman writer said in chapter 8, verse 14, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself breath witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. If then children, then heirs, Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with Him, that we may also be glorified together. I love what Paul said here, for I reckon that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Philippians 1, 6, said, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Paul said, this is a good work, amen? And it was created in the day we got saved. It continues at the present. And praise God, one day it will be completed when the Lord Jesus Christ comes for us. The word begun and the word perform were terms that were used at the beginning of a sacrifice and at the end of a sacrifice. The people would take a, a torch lit on an altar and they would dip it in a bowl of water to cleanse it with a sacred flame. And then they would sprinkle themselves with this purified water and they and the term and the verb used in the at the start of it was they begun but when it was completed that it was the word perform the ideal is that the believer's life is a process of, of being a sacrifice to God that's what Paul said in Romans 12. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So tonight as we think about this ideal, we need to understand that salvation is just the beginning. 
Uh, 1 John 4, 19 says this. Oh, I love this. We love Him because He first loved us. And uh, a small child one day was riding with his father. And he said, Dad, what, what is a Christian? Well, the father said, a, a Christian is a person who loves and obeys God. Praise often, holy and more interested in going to heaven than in earthly riches. And uh, no doubt the father gave a pretty good answer. And he emphasized the love of God and he emphasized talking with the father. But then the boy said, have I ever seen one? And the father was gripped with the thought and he challenged his heart. And the little boy said, have I ever seen one? I wonder sometimes when we meet folks and we, if they were to ask us to describe a Christian, would you need to tell them or could we show them what a Christian is? Three things tonight in this passage and we'll be done. I will be done by five minutes to eight. Amen. And uh, our patch kids, for those that are, are visiting with us tonight, our guests, we bring all of our patch kids in at five minutes to eight in these uh, last several weeks, and we are praying for revival, and I want our kids part of praying for revival. All right, so when all these kids start coming in, don't, don't get unnerved. We're not being invaded. Amen. And, and then, too, it, it makes the parents take the kids home. All right. Amen. Anyway, we'll bring them all back in. Number one, what we are. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. John here turns from the, a letter from the world to God and and uh, don't miss this. The world has a glory about it. It has a, a glamour and, and an, even an enticement to it. But understand this, it's very shallow and very fleeting. Uh, what the world gives you today, it takes away tomorrow. Well, praise God. God gives us some things. Some things that are permanent, some things that are authentic, some things that are life-changing, and praise God, some things that are eternal. Amen. And the Bible talks about laying up our riches and our treasures. He says, lay your treasures up in heaven. And I love this. He said, it's worth the rust and the life doesn't deteriorate them. I hate to tell you this. Don't, don't get alarmed. But whatever's in the parking lot is rusting. What's at the house is deteriorating. And actually, we've got to always keep working on it. Amen? Praise God. There are some treasures, however, that will never deteriorate that we can lay up. But notice, he said, what we are, first of all, there's a love that has been revealed. Behold. Now, the word behold there means, Packager! That's what it means. Stop! Look! 
as loudly as you can. The word behold means God said, I want you to get it. God said, I want you to see it. Behold means to see and to know. Look this away. How many of you know? How many of you know the love of God? Amen? Amen. How many of you know that? Now some of you raised your hand, but you looked around to see if somebody else is raising their hand. And what I asked. I didn't ask you if you thought George knew the love of God. I said, do you know the love of God in your own life? Here's what he's saying. He said, behold, it means to see and to know. Someone is saying that no person especially a young person, would, would ever take their life if they knew just one person loved them. Can I help you tonight? If you're saved, that somebody loves you. Amen? Just the way you are. And the Bible said, J. D., J. Dwight Pentecost said this. He said the word uh, likens the word to a flashing light on a highway designated to get our attention. It is a word that tells not to rush or to casually pass by it. And what's being said? Sam Gordon described the word this way. Take a long, lingering look until it clicks. And then he said the word manner speaks of that which we're not accustomed to. That which is beyond, that is beyond the ordinary. He said, now listen. Behold, behold, what manner. So here's why he just said, he said, I want you to stop. I want you to look at it for a long. I want you to, 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 to really click with you and understand this is a love like nothing that's in this world. Like nothing. How many of you have had people to tell you I love you. Then when they disagree with you, they don't love you no more. How many's had some of them? I, I've said this for years. In, and uh, oh my goodness. When people start telling me how wonderful they think I am, I start, I start bowing up. I know I'm going to get it. Oh, but God ain't that away. God ain't that way. Oh, behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us. It is a love that, that's not seen in this world and it's not understood. Our love is fickle. Our love is changing. And then, may I say this, not being unkind or nothing, a lot of times our love is fake. What I mean by that is, I love you, or oh, you really don't love that person. You're just using the words. But God said, what man of love the Lord has bestowed upon us. Now let me tell you how much He loved you. He loved you enough to die for you. That's how much He loved for you. No. No. Not when you're straightened out. No. Not when you've done good. No. He loved you 
when you had a beer can in your hand, smoking wacky weed, when you was a cussing, when you was a fighting, when you was mean on a joke trial, that's when he loved you. He loved you when you was a thief. He loved you when you was a liar. He loved you when you was ungodly. That's when he bestowed his love on you. Not when you straightened up. I don't know about you. I don't do a good job straightening up. Amen. I, I try. I work at it. But it's amazing. Paul said, that which I would do, I just don't. And that I know I shouldn't do. That's the very thing I end up doing. But that's something. And let me just, oh, I just, I love this holier than thou's, you know, straighten up their crown and fight the golden dust off their angelic wings. I love that crap. Can I say, in flesh? And you need to understand something. This flesh ain't saved, and it's meaner than the devil. And your flesh and my flesh will do anything that gets out of the will of God. It'll do anything, amen. So it's a love that's being revealed. Not only that, but it's a love that's being received. This love and sonship is foreign to the world. I think perhaps the greatest error that we make today is this. It is the same error that is made the Bible, the, the illustration God uses for our love to Him is a husband and a wife. Husbands, love your wives as Christ. Love the church. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husband as unto the Lord. That's the illustration He uses. And you know what I think happens? A lot of times we take that love so much for granted. We get accustomed to it. And the truth is, we don't stand in awe of it no more. We don't get excited about it no more. When I was, when I was 16, I got a car. And, um, and uh, I would go see Darlene. And I would be so excited to see her, I would take a quick shower, and the way I would dry my hair is I'd stick my head out the window, going down the road. So I wouldn't have to waste time, waste time. Then I'd run around and I'd open the door for her. And I mean, I, I just treated her so, so special. I didn't. How bad. But you know what? Next year, June of next year, we'll celebrate 40 years. And you're not going to believe this. She still likes me doing that. And to remind me, she'll just stand out at the door like I'm not opening. And occur so often, she'll say this. She'll say, honey, do I have to continually retrain you? I said, no, 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 I get it, I get it. I don't want to lose the Bible. The, and, and the Bible says in Revelation to the church of Ephesus, I mean, they weren't, they weren't, they weren't, they weren't, they was right, 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 right. They're doing good, 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 good. He said, but God, somewhat, something against you. 
You've left your first love. That love that drew you to Him. And um, now, I, don't, don't raise your hand. But have you ever made a decision about someone's love using the daisy petal test? She loves me. She loves me not. A little girl comes running in the house and she's, she's crying uncontrollably. And her mom says, what's wrong? And she says, I've done the daisy pedal test and God don't love me. Oh, that is a much better way to decide God loves you. All you got to do is consider all that He does for us. You woke this morning. I, I've been kind of hitting this the last few weeks. So I was touching on it tonight. I think maybe you're getting it. Your body's strong today. Some's not strong today. Matter of fact, they'd give everything they had in the world to have your strength and body today. They really would. They're not strong today. Well, I want you to know we, we, our body's strong today. We're not in the hospital today. I, I, I think everybody's had plenty to eat. I, I don't look... We look like we're okay doing okay in that department. Don't look like we're starving to death. I ain't seen any ribs sticking out from starvation. <laughs> Almost... Most of you look like you're dressed pretty good. Have plenty of air to breathe today. Yeah. Truth of the matter is, if we started just, just lining them up on how good God's been to us, you cannot deny the fact, behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us. Amen. What manner of love. And the truth of the matter is, and I, I, he, here's what he said. He said, therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. If you're the real thing, this world ain't going to know you. They're not going to understand you. That word know has the ideal of understanding. You're going to be foreign. To, you're not going to make sense to them. You're not, son, they didn't see your park, car in the parking lot. Yet they drove by seeing your car and they said, well, what's wrong with them crazy people? They go to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and then what's wrong with them? They don't understand that because they don't know Him. They don't know Him. So number one, what we are, we're sons of God. Amen? Isn't that a blessing? Someone said, man, you know, I'm just, no, oh, we're sons of God. We're sons of God. Number two, what we will be. Amen. Verse 2, beloved, now are we the sons of God. I, I don't, this is just for your Bible student. Anytime God says something more than once, y'all take note of it. Verse 1, he says, we're sons of God. Verse 2, he says, now are we the sons of God, reminding you who you are, what you are, and it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him. For we shall see Him as He is. Number one, a coming we are expecting. Our opportunities in this world 
uh, within the reach of all of us that lays hold to them. We can, we can abide in Christ, we can reach out and grab hold of them. But the glory in the world to come, it's still veiled. That's where the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please Him. For we must believe that He is and rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. We live in a world by faith now. How many of you have ever seen heaven? Paul saw it. I believe that. He said, well, I was in body or in spirit. He said, I don't know. He, he said, I, I don't know. But he said, I'll tell you this much. He said, if I told you, you wouldn't believe me. So guess what? He never told us. He said this, though, in his passage. He said, I reckon the suffering of this present time you said, well, what kind of suffering did he go through? He was beaten. They shipwrecked three times. He's drugged out of the city. And many believe, uh, uh, they know on one occasion left for death that he did die. God took him a tour through heaven and made him come back. But he's drugged out of the city. He's dead. Many believe that. And yet he said, I reckon the suffering this president not even worthy. And that word worthy means to talk about in the same sentence as the glories to come. He said, ain't even worthy. He said, the suffering this present time is not even worthy to be compared to the glory to come. And there's the coming. Now, he says this, and speaks the Lord's return as certain he shall appear. Now, Someone has said, I'm, I'm not looking for a sign. I'm listening for a shout. Amen. John said, we shall see him. Now, and, and not only that, but we shall see him as he is, not as he was. The last time the world saw him, they saw him as a, as a man dying on a cross. As a lamb dying. He won't, he won't be there no more. He'll be a lion sitting on the throne. Last time they saw him, some is a suffering one. The next time we see him, he'll be as a sovereign one, all powerful and all controlling. And the Bible says there's a coming we are expecting. Now I hope you're expecting that. Now let me just stop here. And, and I've got a little note here in my notes. i got a little note here in my notes to tell you this, okay? <coughs> I don't know if God is not going to make this world so unbearable and so difficult because the truth of the matter is we, as God's people, are not looking yet. We're not expecting. I, I'll challenge you. Take your Bible and find where God moved 
toward Israel. And what you'll find is he never moved towards Israel till they begin to cry. They begin to cry out. And most of the time, it was because of the persecution they were facing. I don't know how bad this world's going to get. So you and I will start looking. Lord, come here today. Please, Lord, come today. And we're not there yet. Now, we're not. Now, if you are, but for the most, as, as, a, as a group, God's people are not there yet. But we're getting there. Amen. Number two, a change we will experience. It does not yet appear what we shall be. Now, if every one of us was honest, we'd have to admit we're not everything we should be. Amen? But praise God, I'm not what I used to be. Amen? I'm not what I should be, but hallelujah, I'm not what I used to be either. But all don't miss is the change we'll experience. Philippians 3.21 Who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body according to the working whereby he's able even to subdue all things unto himself. When I was a young man and uh, you forgive me, I tell you, I'm going to show you just how human I am. When I was a young man, I would hear older folks stand up and say, pray for my back and pray for this and pray for that hurting. And, I, and as a young man, I said, oh, God, I would, God, they just shut up. Let's get on with it. That's terrible, ain't it? When I was a young person, I would, I would think stuff like that. But you know what? Now when someone stands up, go pray for our back. I, I got that. Yeah. Pray for our pray for legs and knees. I got that. Amen. Pray, pray for it. And I'm finding the older I get that these testimonies that years ago are now very real in my own life. I don't know about you, but some mornings I think, my gosh, what happened? I used to jump out of bed and I, it was nothing for me to work all day, stay out till 11 or 12 o'clock, run home, sleep, jump out of bed and go again. Now, that jumping nothing, amen, unless it's a dog after me. Nothing. God said He's going to change that body. Hallelujah. But you know what the greatest change is going to be? There'll be no longer a tendency or desire to sin because Jesus was sinless. And when we see, when it does not yet what appear what we shall be, but when He does appear, we will be like Him. Oh, I praise God. I was thinking about Michael. You pray for him. He's had a rough week. Hallelujah. He's got. A, he's gonna. One day he'll swap that old diseased body for a brand new one. The deaf will hear, the blind will see, the lame will walk. Praise God! What a day that's gonna be, Amen. The dumb will speak. 
Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2, 9, oh, don't, don't miss this, but as it is written, I have not seen, you've never seen in this world, praise God, nor ear heart, you've never heard in this world, neither hath it entered into the heart of man. God said, you can't even think. You don't have the mind to think the things which God has prepared for them that love Him. Amen? There's a moth. It's called an atlas moth. And it lives in a cocoon in the mountains of the, uh, the forest west of India. And it hangs from a twig like a, a, a small brown bag. That's what it looks like. But when it comes out of that old ugly brown bag, its wings are crimson and pink, blended with green, soft tones, shaded off in terracotta brown and, and a gold. Each wing has a window made of a clear substance like a flake of talc. The wings from tip to tip are 9 to 10 inches and it is one of God's most beautiful, lovely wonders that you could ever see. And it came out of a brown paper bag. And people have said it's the most marvelous thing you've ever seen to come from so ugly to so beautiful. Can I say there's a greater miracle going to happen than that? God's going to take this old ugly humanity we're robed in and one day, praise God, He's going to take us out of this body, give us a new body that's going to be beyond anything you could ever imagine. Well, I've got to move on. I got another. I will tell you this quickly. Several centuries ago, an emperor of Japan he commissioned a Japanese artist to paint an exotic bird. Months and days it went by and went by. Finally, finally, the emperor said, "What? What's the delay?" And the, immediately the artist went and, and in one hour he painted in great detail this, this bird he wanted. Then he said, why did you wait? And in a little while the painter went and he got a feather and, and a leg and he got all the parts out of the drawer, the wings, the feet, the claws, the beaks, and placed them all before the emperor. Every, every piece of that bird, he just laid it out. And he said this, he said, I had to have all the pieces to make something beautiful. And God's going to take all the pieces of our craziness and make something beautiful one day. Amen? What we are, verse 1. What we will be, verse 2. But notice, I'll be done. What we should be. And every man that hath this hope in him. Now listen, not everybody has this hope. Not everybody has this hope. Not everybody's saved. Well, I got a phone call yesterday, just blessed my heart to no end. Been praying for my brother. He went to church Sunday. And he called me and said, God is helping him. And he's not there yet, but God's helping him. For the first time in years, he asked me to pray for his boys. Amen. Isn't that a blessing? Every man hath this hope in him. Notice, purifieth 
himself, even as he is pure. The word purified and pure speaks of a ceremonial cleansing. In Exodus 19.10, the Lord said this, And the Lord said unto Moses, Go unto the people and sanctify them today and tomorrow. Let them wash their clothes. In John 11.55, he said much the same thing. And the Jews' Passover was not hand, and many went out of the country up to Jerusalem before the Passover to purify themselves. Purifying himself means this. It means a total surrender to God so that by his grace he can separate us from all that defiles us. Tell you that again. Purifying himself means this. A total surrender to God so that by his grace, by his grace we may separate ourselves from all that defiles. The word, and, and, and it's, it's in the present tense, it means this, it, it's a continual process. It's, a, it's not a one-time thing. It's not a one-time thing. It is a constant, day in, day out. It's a constant purifying, surrender to God, and allowing God to separate us from those things that defile us. Second, pure is, is the cleanliness of heart, soul, and spirit. A thought, word, and action. And he comes and he said, there's this pursuit of sanctification. And, and I love this. I've never seen this before. But he says, this is something we need to do ourselves. It's not the preacher's job to make you live right. Hallelujah. I used to think it was my job. I went crazy. I used to think when I started, it was my job to get everybody saved. I went crazier. Praise God, it's neither one. Every man that had this hope in him purified himself. It is a pursuit of sanctification. God said that you and I ought to do ourselves. Now John's not talking about keeping commandments because the truth of the matter is we'd all, we, we can't do that. Amen? But here's what he's talking about. Not talking about living perfect. Amen? Praise God. We, you, you can't live perfect. I would to God we could, but can't. And the Bible says we all, the Bible says we all sin and come short of the glory of God. Those who are robed in this flesh, we're going to struggle with this flesh. Amen? Here's what he said. There ought to be a desire and a hunger for the child of God to get as close to God as we can. There ought to be a desire, a hunger. There ought to be something inside your heart that says, Jesus could come today and I want to be ready. I don't want to, I don't want, I want him to come finding me rebellious or finding me wrong or out of the will of God. I, I don't want him coming and finding me unfaithful. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want him to find me where I need, where I ought to be with him. And uh, then there's a pattern of sanctification. Now you say, well, I tell you one, I'm as good as everybody else. They're not the, they're not the, Example. Even as he is pure. He is the example. 
First Peter 2, 21. For even unto where you were called, because Christ also suffered us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. George Whitfield said this, Lord, if I'm going to be like you someday, help me to be as much like you today. A group of teenagers were enjoying a party and someone suggested that they go to a certain hangout for a good time. All you teenagers, listen. I'd rather you took me home, a young lady said to her date. My parents don't approve of that place or that kind of activity. I prayed your father will hurt you, one of the little one of the girls asked sarcastically. No, the girl replied. I'm not afraid my father will hurt me. I'm afraid I might hurt him. She understood the principle that a true child of God who's experienced the love of God has no desire to sin against that love. Has no desire. He's the pattern. He's the example. Others are not the example. Okay? If I look at me, it'll be okay. There are others. Others. And we have the tendency. Well, I tell you, I'm a better Christian than them. I, I do better than them. And I do better than this. And I'm better than this. Not, they're, not the, they're not the example for God said to you to follow. Here's the example. It's Him. Now, how do we stack up? Well, well, he is the example. And as long as He's the example, then even as He is pure, that tells me that every single day, I've got to work on me. Amen? So I'll stand there.